0: hey hey jonathan good morning how is it going
1: it's good since i last spoke to you about an hour ago
0: (laughs) yeah well i thought we'd kind of spice things up with the whole dev on the time podcast and do it on youtube and here we are for anyone watching uh dev on the time is a podcast that me and jonathan started um Probably earlier this year, and we've done a handful of episodes, and as the title suggests, three months l- after the last episode, here we are um so we work together, so I kind of we kind of discuss things, but there's a lot of things we don't discuss at work that we kind of use this podcast to talk about, so um yeah, like I don't know where we should start, like it's been a while since we last kind of officially spoke about other things other than kind of work stuff, so. I don't know. Like, what's what's been going on that um, you think would be interesting to discuss today? I know that sounds like really formal, but um, have you pre-ordered, all sorts? Have you pre-ordered the PS5? That's the most I important did. question. Are you going PS? So you've gone PS5 and not Xbox.
1: Yeah. So the past two generations I've primarily been an Xbox Xboxer so I bought the I had the 360 I did have a PS3 and, a, uh, and obviously also had a PS4 but I was primarily an Xbox 360 player had the PS3 for the most mostly for the the odd Notly Dog game Uncharted etc mm-hmm. um, Last of Us um, PS4 the same Uncharted Last of Us Those. The odd, exclusive, and I feel like the tides turned in the last gen and the PS4 gen. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. Xbox got less. It was always about the games to me, and Xbox got less desirable exclusives. PS4 got better exclusives. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So I think I think the the tides have turned again in that f- in the favor of Sony. Although Xbox seems to be kind of pulling it back a bit in this next gen, um, but. Everybody, like you, play, you're, you play on PlayStation. Um, you know, we've got a couple of other friends who play on PlayStation. Um, so I guess you know, it's better to play with friends, play Warzone with friends rather than by yourself.
0: Yeah, and it's the whole party chat, which is beneficial as well. Like It's much better than the game chat in most games if you're playing multiplayer stuff, um, which is what I like about it. And we have been playing. I've got my wire all caught up in my jacket Um, I have been obviously we've been playing Warzone quite a bit recently Um, and that's the only thing I really play these days on on console, I used to play a lot of Minecraft a few years ago and that was on the Mac Um, and I really really enjoyed playing Minecraft and I would spend hours every night just playing on that also used to play Age of Empires way back when on, on PC, when I had a PC and that's kind of the only kind of gaming experience I've had So like I've had a PS4 since probably it first came out, and not really played on it. My only gaming experience before then on a console was probably the likes of Tomb Raider and stuff. Um, Mm. But I've really gotten into Warzone this year, Um, and I think it is just obviously the multiplayer aspect of it. It's it's just understatement of the year. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it feels like every night there's like two or three hours of just Warzone from like I don't know um, nine till midnight. you know, that, sounds, everyday, that sounds. That but... sounds. Yeah,
1: it sounds like a long time, like yeah. th- two or three hours. But in reality of that, it's probably five or six games of actual Warzone. Yeah. Like you know, if you if you do really if you do really well in a game of Warzone, like yeah, if you win or get into the final circle of a game of Warzone, it's what it could be half an hour. It could be yeah, yeah. Um, final circle. Um... Oh you could completely wipe and your team could be decimated in the first two minutes and then you jump straight into another one. So yeah, two or three hours, like there's there's sometimes a bit of waiting around. Um, It doesn't sound, it's not as bad as it's it's sound. I'm trying to justify things here.
0: No, uh, yeah, I know know what you mean. It's (laughs) like, if I imagine, I imagine when I was younger, if I would said to my like parents, I'm playing, I'm playing on the PlayStation for three hours. They'll be like, That's all you do like you must just play that game all the time and it's like well i'm playing multiple games and i'm not just sitting you know oh yes you are sitting there but there's time at the loading screens and what have you it's like it's not just con you know continuously playing for yeah yeah, exactly you know um and there's always a bit of downtime in between of games where someone loses connection or is booted out or you've got to go and create a new class or whatever so it's it's fun um and obviously in the party chat you know it's it's quite fun just to chat and hang out really um, and I think obviously with lockdown and the way that this year has panned out um, hmm. it's that's really it what else good, is there to do <laughs> yeah what else has there been that you know to do so it's it's been fun Um, but yeah I, I, apart from like the PS5 there's the iPhone today which I'll be pre-ordering like I've got the ten. 10 still um and this thing has been solid the battery mm-hmm. now though is the max capacity is 51 percent um and it says wow. that it needs uh, it needs service so um yeah i need a to... time for a new phone i could phone. go get a new battery um but i also feel like i like the look of the new phone i like the form factor it's very iphone 5 so it's like i you know I, I just want to get that an upgrade, so I'll be doing that today and it uh, be quite a significant upgrade for me in terms of the camera quality and stuff. Although, I just take yeah. photos of, I don't know, my kids and, you know, badly out, you know, photos outdoor that I take and whatever. So, I suppose I'll see a difference, but I didn't want to go for the, the next one up. I was talking to Armin about which phone he was going to buy and he was considering going for the Max or the one below. Yeah. Um, and... I think I can't remember exactly what I said, but I I would probably notice the difference in quality on the camera, but I wouldn't value it. Like mm-hmm. to me, I I wouldn't value the extra, you know, oomph that the camera gives you. So, mm-hmm. and like him, I would probably get annoyed by the extra screen size. You know, I remember having. Right. I think you've got. I don't know what phone you've got now, but I remember when I last seen you in person, which was feels like a a years <laughs> Yeah. Ago, your it phone was. was the same size as what I had on the previous generation and it was just too big mm-hmm. it was just too big
1: yeah i had the so right now i've got the 11 pro um which i got in march february march earlier this yeah. year and before that i had the the 8 plus 8, 8 plus i think there wasn't an 8s was there it was just the eight. But yeah, it was the uh, it was the big device, like six and a half inch display or something, and it was far too big. Um, but yeah, I mean, my primary my primary reasoning for that was the camera. Um, yeah, the plus size phone always uh, had a slightly better camera, bigger bigger sensor, that kind of stuff. And I think that's the case with the twelve, the tw- like the eleven Pro and the eleven Pro uh, Max, as it's known, didn't have. They had the same camera, pretty much identically. Whereas I think the twelve now, the twelve Pro and the twelve Pro Max have different cameras again. So it pays to go bigger if you want the better camera. But um, yeah, there's trade offs in terms of the size of the device It just doesn't fit in your in your pocket yeah. really. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went from the eight eight plus, which had uh, obviously it had the the the, the home button. So it's like much bigger um, bezel on the top and bottom to, to cater for the home button. Yeah. So I went down from that to the uh, 11 Pro, which is pretty much the same size actual screen, but the device is, yeah. is a lot smaller. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing phone. Um, but I don't think I'll be upgrading, although it is tempting. <laughs> I'd really like to look at the blue, the yeah. blue, uh, blue. 12. Yeah, it's lovely, and the form factor as well. It's like the it's like the iPhone four, the more round, the most kind of squared edges. Um, Yeah, so I I would like to, but um, it's probably not. It's it's definitely not a priority.
0: Yeah, and it's not a massive priority for me. It's just like my right. But your phones, your
1: your batteries, on the verge of. Uh, it's, you know yeah. it's 50% where it was so, whereas mine is kind of... my phone's eight months old seven months
0: old yeah. yeah exactly yeah and that's why like every year a new phone comes out I'm like I'm not upgrading because I really only use my phone for taking photos you know of the kids or if we go somewhere and I've got a Mac I've got an iPad there's a bunch of other stuff I can use I really use my phone for very little if I'm honest so it's like I can't justify upgrading every year because it's just absolutely pointless doing so um, mm. I'm going to see no value and no return on my investment. Whereas the phone I've got now, I bought that outright, I don't know, whenever the 10 came out. And it's lasted me very well until now when the battery needs servicing. And I could get the battery serviced, but uh, I think it's probably just time to upgrade. Um, this is my this is me justifying the, the, the purchase, but uh, I'll be pre-ordering that in one hour, 22 minutes. Um, right. So looking forward to that. Um, but I bet one thing. One thing I was surprised it didn't have was Touch ID. I thought it did have Touch ID, but it's. It turns out it's a five G antenna or something on the side. Um, oh right, I, I didn't. I see. I didn't watch. The, I didn't um, watch the keynote. Um, yeah, it looked. It looked as if though it was a Touch ID sensor on the side, which is which is a shame that it doesn't have that. Because um, at the moment, there's nothing more annoying when you try and use Apple Pay, and you've got to put a mm, mask code in because you wear a yeah. mask. It's.
1: I I read somewhere that. There's somewhere in the I mean, I've not been able to find this, but I've seen I'm yeah. sure saw something on Twitter that was saying you could essentially retrain Face ID to huh. to recognize you with the mask on, like instead of not 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 retraining Face ID completely, as in reset removing the face that exists and adding yeah. a new one, but there was something some sense somewhere that would essentially ignore the mask and recognize I don't know I mean I don't know I've probably just made this up because I'd have definitely <laughs> enabled that by now because this is uh, it's it's very frustrating yeah yeah man it's
0: see I was disappointed I didn't have Touch ID Um, hmm. but I'll just have to keep uh... I've got a watch although I never use Apple Pay on my watch because in the every instance I've used it it always fails me it never works it used to work on my old Apple watch <laughs> But I have it now. I can double tap and I see my card. But when I go to put it to the reader, it just says no. It just doesn't work. It just Mm. says the machine beeps and says it just doesn't recognize it. Um, I've reset it. I've even had a new Apple Watch from Apple and it still doesn't work. So uh, Multiple cards as well. So that's why I'm using my phone. But there's probably something very obvious why that is the case. But um, I'm not too bothered trying to fix it. Um, I've
1: never used Apple Pay. I've never used Apple Pay on my uh, watch.
0: phone. Uh, watch?
1: No. Yeah. yeah. I just I used feel to like I don't want to be that guy. That's just like paying <laughs> with my
0: watch. Feels like you just—it's just a bit of an awkward interaction. Yeah, like, I used to do that in the pub, just to wind, mainly just to why not mates up. And they're like, "Here he is with his watch," and you know, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. your watch out, you know, and you're in a that guy watch somewhere, and you're like, you know, they've only just seen TVs, and you get an Apple Watch out and uh <laughs> it's like what is he doing it's like when the first when when the first came out nobody nobody uh trusted it you know mm. but uh you know we've moved on since then um but yeah apart from kind of ps5 and tech and you know phones and whatever obviously the pandemic that's kind of just you know it is <laughs> what it is we're in a very weird state right now especially in the uk Um, there's a lot of stuff going on elsewhere in the world with u.s elections and and stuff so um i don't get involved with any of that stuff although i'm sure we've all got our own opinions and stuff about things but um it's just like it has been nice just to kind of chill out and just play games and um catch up on some work um i feel like i've got more structured because of the pandemic like i you know it's it's like it's allowed me to find time to spend with family and also get work done as well. So the beauty of working remotely is, you know, there's no time to go to the office or to commute or whatever. We can spend that time mm-hmm. with family in the morning or I can go pick my kids up from school, come home um, and, you know, spend time with them then and then crack on with some work at the end of the, end of the mm-hmm. day, you know. Um, like last night was a good example. It was like 9 or 10 p.m. And I was just kind of working on this idea that I'd been having um for, you know, for our for GraphCMS and it was ideal time for me. It was like ten, ten, eleven o'clock, everyone was asleep and I could just do some work. You didn't have Slack annoying you knew every two minutes. Um, you know, <laughs> messages from Ronak. Um you could just get, you could just get on um and work, which was cool. So um it it's it is having, you know, having a remote role has its benefits that way um obviously there's a lot of things people don't like about it but um i Mm. I feel as though i've adjusted well and the pandemic has actually helped i haven't had to adjust working from home because i was working remotely before which which was i think that's just allowed me to kind of focus more on prioritizing the work that i do and how i do it and stuff so um it's kind of been good that way i feel like i'm more productive now um with my time and i can also spend more time with the family than I was before, um because I was just kind of working nonstop. Whereas now I'm I've been doing a lot more exercise recently. I may get out for an hour and a half every day, just kind of walk in. Um I start to run but I have a my shoulders I've got a problem with my shoulder, so every time I run I'm probably not running right. Don't run on your shoulders, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it wrong. I know. I know. Um but I have a really aching shoulder all the time so when my arm is moving, it's just not good. So um I get out for maybe an hour and a half a day, um, which is which has been good. What about your fitness stuff? Like, what's going on with all of that? Obviously, FMA <laughs> gyms opening again. Gyms maybe closing again. Like, what's happened? What's been happening in that in that realm?
1: Yeah, so the gyms opened. Well, my gym opened by end of July, which was the That's thing complex. I missed the most. Yeah, the thing I missed the most. Not 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 just the physical aspect of it but a lot of the mental aspect as well um kind of because all of this start before this kind of pandemic nonsense started you know we were already working at home so you know my escape for the day and my time to venture out for the day and actually be part of society and see humans was at the gym so when that kind of ended in you know, the end of March when we went into a national lockdown and you know, it was a tough four months for me. I struggled to exercise at home. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that kind of had a, it does definitely impact my mood when I'm, whether I'm exercising or not. Um, my girlfriend will notice that, note that. Um, so when that reopened, that was great for me. So it's been back, they have being back open now for coming up three months and um, it's very, very stringent kind of, uh, Covid policies in place. You know, you have to wear a mask essentially when you're walking around the gym. Um, you know, the the classes that I do, everybody's kind of it's the, the rooms divided up into like uh, boxes. So you the classes are are limited in space. You book a space. You get your own little box with all the equipment in. You're responsible for cleaning that equipment down. Um, yeah, so uh, you know it's very Covid compliant, very Covid secure, as they say. Um, it sounds very so hopefully hygienic. that <laughs> yeah it is like, I actually like, kind of yeah. I mean it's a bit of a chore wipe... it's a bit of a pain cleaning things down after you've just done a pretty brutal workout for you know 40-45 yeah. minutes and then you've got to clean all this stuff down and just say I just want to go home and <laughs> get a shower but you've just got to spend another 5 minutes cleaning it down but I actually quite like the aspect of that um, that there's a cap on the classes because hmm. previously it would be like you know, probably double the amount of people in the room and it's it's a lot more difficult to move around and it's a lot less time for to actually get caught and stuff like that. So now there's an onus on spending some actual quality time with mm-hmm. with people there. Um so I th- I think it's actually better I just it's the pain cleaning stuff down. But um yeah, I mean I I hope the gym's doing enough to um to, to stay open but obviously you know at the moment the Northeast is in uh, tier two you know we've got these three tiers now and in, in England we're in tier two which is basically means we can't see anybody from we can't really cross cross households we can't see the people from households can't see family members um, but we can we can see them uh, outside um, so we could go for a walk with family or we could go for a walk with friends, but we couldn't go to the pub with friends or we couldn't go to a restaurant with friends. It's, you know, you've got to stick to your household. Um, but if you go up to the next tier, tier three, then yeah. pretty sure like a lot of hospitality closes, gyms may be forced to close, which is what's happening in Liverpool who who are, who, uh, are in tier three at the moment. There's gyms closing there. So... Yeah, I mean, right now the gym's open. I hope it stays that way, but, you know, things could, you know, things could change. You know, obviously a few months ago it was looking, everything was looking sunshine and roses. Um, Seemed to be over the worst of it, but now we're back. um, Infections are kind of seemingly getting back to the level of where we were in in March, April time, which is worrying. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we you know in terms of uh first means everything fme um you know we had an event scheduled for april obviously that was cancelled we refunded everybody um we can't really for an event we'll see while things are like this so we don't know how long it's going to be like this for probably for the foreseeable maybe not even next year we don't know but it's a business where we don't have any overheads. Um, so if we're not making are making money, we're not spending money. So it's you know, we're not we're not worried about going out of business in that respect. We're pretty fortunate in that regard, but mm-hmm. um you know, we're trying to explore the avenues of revenue and, and business. And I've spoken about this in the past. We're trying to launch some kind of fitness programming. Uh, so I've been
0: building yeah, a you talking about that.
1: And I, yeah, I've been building an application for that because uh, my friend who actually writes the the fitness stuff, my business partner, he writes the the fitness programming, and I do the actual code programming. Um, mm-hmm. But we're at the you know we're at this we're at this juncture now where we're ready to kind of launch this, and now cases are back on the rise, and it's like gyms yeah. <clears throat> maybe forced to close again, and if that happens, then people aren't going to have the facilities or the equipment to actually follow this program that we would be selling. So I don't even know whether this is the right time to launch this or whether we just kind of sit tight on it until maybe next early next year after the winter. So I don't know where this kind of catch 22, but yeah. you know, as I said, we're not, we're not losing money. We're not hemorrhaging money at the moment. We don't have any overheads or any substantial bills. So uh, I'm pretty fortunate like that to just kind of tickle, tick along and just see what, see what, see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully things work out and, you know, numbers do come down again. So people can get back to yeah. That's obviously, keeping healthy and fit.
1: Obviously talk of this circuit breaker lockdown um, that they're thinking about doing uh, towards the end of this month, I think. Yeah. I mean, basically, obviously there's a half-term holiday coming up, a school half-term holiday. So the schools would close for a week. And they don't want to close schools, obviously, because you know kids were out of education for six, seven months. Um, so they're very hesitant to close schools again. Um, although there's a lot of proof that well not schools, but there's a lot of proof that older educational environments such as colleges and universities are kind of it's a breeding ground for this virus. Um <laughs> so they're very hesitant to close the educational institutions, but they want to do this kind of circuit breaker lockdown on this half term and essentially shut the whole country down again um, for potentially two or three weeks, which is what Northern Ireland have done at the moment or doing at the moment. They've essentially gone into the circuit breaker lockdown to basically halt all transmission. So if nobody can go to any restaurant or any pub, um, you know, infections should, in theory, um, subside like they did in the national lockdown. And that would, that would help relieve the NHS um and obviously save lives and prevent people getting really sick so yeah it's you know it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit of a shitty time it's been a bit of a shitty year to be this an understatement i was meant to get married in december um yeah, yeah we'll put that back time? to march well, we'll put that back to march but you know right now you can have 15 people at a wedding mm. um myself and hannah my partner don't feasibly see a a wedding for 15 people. Like, we just can't cut the guest list that far. (laughs) Um, So, we're hoping that goes back up to 30 um, in in time for March when it's currently arranged for. Um, But, even that's uh, unknown, you know. It's what, five months away now. Um, So, we don't know.
0: Well, well, I guess time will tell. Hopefully, these large groups of students and things i've seen recently in the media and stuff stop congregating all in the same area um at the universities that are having these increased infections and stuff it's just yeah, it's just silly um stick if we stick to the rules and we follow the rules yes th- there's a bit of ambiguity on what you know, the rules should be and shouldn't be but um if we stick to something and we do socially distance and follow all the correct measures then if we can get if we can get a control on things then we can get back to normality and closer to hopefully um some kind of vaccine for it you know i know that'll be a long time away but um, it doesn't make. i i just don't see this the sense in just taking the law on your own hands and just doing things because you want to see family or you want to go and do whatever it's not about you you know it's about everyone and uh if we can stick to that then hopefully we'll get out of this shit soon (laughs) yeah it's obviously very
1: frustrating um
0: yeah Yeah, well um what can you do um have you been have you seen any projects that you have liked or any kind of is there anything new in the tech side startup wise you've seen or have you been playing with any new tools or tech or um is there anything you like that, you, that you've seen recently? Oh, um, God, I feel like I
1: feel like it's been because this has been like a sole focus for a while, as in just kind of internet and stuff. Yeah, because nothing else is going on. I feel like I'm just kind of saturated with information and stuff. Well, um, sure and that this everything is in- kind of.
0: Yeah, there's probably things kind new, of. Like, I've just lost everything. You're streaming app today, so right. Always, and whether it be Zoom or there's always new things popping up every day. It's probably one of them today that we can uh, yeah go and find and talk about <laughs> in the next episode.
1: There was something. Um, so Gatsby released an API earlier this week um, under a experimental beta flag for kind of. Um, file system routing so it's essentially a, a new api way of building collection pages program uh, instead of programmatically so instead of using the kind of create pages api you can just um, essentially simulate that same functionality via the file system um which is pretty nice so i would play around with that uh with gatsby uh, with cross Gats cms <clears throat> earlier in the week streamed that um, what else? You know, <laughs> I feel like you
0: still the, you still the, you're still on the gassy train, right? Um. So I've been using Next a lot more uh,
1: for a personal project, um, also for a client project, and I'm definitely, definitely leaning. I have preferences for Next, yes, now. Yeah. Um, It's just there's just a lot of overhead with Gatsby um, when you're kind of in getting set up with it and in um, working on pretty larger projects and especially working quite closely with the internal GraphQL um, engine, which essentially builds the the schema which you query. I've been spending a lot of time working with that and there's a lot of frustration around that. Um, And whilst it's quite powerful, it's also you know, quite can be quite brittle. Um, so what I like about Next is it just kind of, you know, you um, essentially just in, you know, you've got their uh, data fetching APIs or their data fetching life cycles, so get static props, get static paths, and you're just in Node. Then you can just kind of use whatever, you know, library you want, whatever data fetching library you want, whether that's uh, you know a GraphQL. If you're using a GraphQL API, you can use GraphQL request. If you're just using, you know, if you've just got a, a REST API, you can just use, um, you know, Fetch. <laughs> Fetch API, I think that's bundled in Next.js. They don't even need a polyfill for Node. Yeah. Um, and obviously the file system stuff, just use FS from Node as well. And obviously, yeah, Gatsby has that, but they also have this whole concept of source plugins, and you've got to build... You know, you've got a, the best way to do it is to build um, Gatsby nodes from your remote API, and yes, there are benefits to that for things like Gatsby Image and stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just working working with that is can be frustrating and can be, as I said, yeah. it can be brittle. Um, so yeah, I've I'm, actually, I'm I'm yeah. i don't not love I'm not loving Gatsby, not not loving Gatsby, but I'm definitely not as kind of smitten as I was a lot. Earlier in the year, but um, it feels like they're kind of borrowing some ideas from Next.js, like this uh, routing file system API for routing is kind of leverages some of Next.js ideas, um, and obviously Next.js have introduced static, a, static data fetching APIs which they didn't have, and that kind of they definitely kind of borrowed some ideas from Gatsby. So you know, they yeah. both are very, you know. I feel like we're complaining about dev- developer tooling here, but, you know, they're both fantastic tools and fantastic frameworks, and I feel like we have this conversation every time on the podcast. Um, yeah. I started yeah, using I made
0: Nooks.js recently. And right. Again, that borrows some ideas from Next, and more recently, Gatsby, I think, with the way... So they've got this interesting approach to modules, where inside a Nux project, you can mount all these different modules, and then each... Mm. Each kind of page can access that module, and that module can be responsible for fetching data, you know, and fetching these nodes or whatever from APIs, um, and you can just access that wherever. And it's been really nice. There's mod, you know, and there's modules for Tailwind, there's modules for authentication. So it's like it's a bit of a mixture of Gatsby and Next in a way. Right. And uh, it does feel really nice to work with. It's just I'm not a huge fan of you. and um. I was also looking at svelte as well and they have a framework called sapper which is like a nuxt or gatsby equivalent or next equivalent for svelte and that does the same thing it it has the square bracket file names for variables um, and then they have the whole um i i've forgotten how they handle the whole page generation but i think if you have a preload it knows to build that page um or it goes to fetch it client-side i can't remember how Um, i don't think it does a stack output but um Mm. they do this whole thing by having this pre-load async function that can fetch the data um and they they offset a lot of so they was felt felt really nice because it's more about the compiler and the compiler being smart than the build time being smarter so Mm -hmm. they're able to kind of split everything so one page just has the data it needs to work and then when you go to load another page it loads in what it needs then and does what it needs to do i think um so the compiler's much smarter in how it outputs um, which is not how like Gatsby does where at it, it build time you've got to wait for the thing to build. With Svelte you don't really see that um, mm-hmm. so I've been I've been enjoying working with Svelte recently um, and I've just launched some videos on YouTube actually um, on Sapper on so I think there's like five or six videos on there um, but actually funny enough yesterday I started to run into an issue with Next.js yes, static props stuff um, and it seems to be when you have large amounts of data that's being queried, it takes some time between page loads because you don't have that internal cache that Gatsby does. Um, Next.js, when you're in dev, I think it's making that same network request. So I'm wondering if there's a way to cache that and prevent that from happening in dev because there's really no point um, I would like to cache that data. And I was thinking, ah, Gatsby does this out of the box. Those pages would query the internal cache um, whereas Next it seems to be query the external um and I'd, i really don't want to get to the point of building something that it goes through to return that cache data um i just want something i want gatsby to handle uh, next to handle that automatically so mm-hmm. you know hopefully we see some improvements there um
1: yeah oh in dev yeah So busy. basically yeah, it's, it's really it slow. reruns the function yeah. every yeah it's a lot slower in dev yeah. and yeah um yeah that is uh I suppose it's nice because you, then you're all, always getting, you know, the data is always hydrated. Whereas with Gatsby, yeah. you have to essentially rebuild if you want to pull a query for some updated changes in a remote CMS. Although there is a, you can there is a flag with Gatsby you can essentially set up some kind of tunnel for webhooks. Um, I think it's yeah. essentially a rebuild. So if you say you made a change in GraphCMS, CMS. Set up a webhook. Um, you could tunnel that webhook to Gatsby, and there's a flag which will essentially rebuild just that node. Um, yeah, I mean it's there's nice parts of Gatsby like that. Yeah. Um, I think they're just, you know, they've they seem to be coming up with their kind of um, product offering. So obviously, their Gatsby is completely open source and and free to use. So they're now trying to build a business around that with um, Gatsby Cloud, incremental builds, preview, that kind of stuff, and then yeah. um, just this week they announced the admin, admin, admin UI stuff, kind of which is their play on WordPress, so to speak, so for less technical people to actually manage Gatsby applications, manage the plugins um, and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see they play in this space, and obviously, Next.js yes, is built by Vercel, who is. You know, they're a, a wholesome platform, a CDN essentially. So mm. they already have their kind of money product, if you for for lack, lack of a better term, the way they make some money is, is with the sale, and that obviously pays to, to fund next year. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's been busy. We've been busy chilling out, working hard. Discovering new tools and whatever. Um,
1: yeah, we I should guess. do this more often.
0: We should. Because we do we do catch up anyway, so we should just take this new approach, this new format, um, strip the audio and get that into the podcast, but also persist yeah. the video on on YouTube. Not sure if anybody's watching, but um, yeah. I think there's been a few people watching, <laughs> but uh, who, who wants to join? Ronak's, at, Ronak's probably watching. Yeah. Midday and listen to a bunch of Geordie lads. Um, one thing I did actually see was I don't know if you've seen the review on the podcast from Anthony um, but he he gave us a I think we just discussed that a uh, few few episodes back he I think us.
1: that was like after the very first episode he was gave it? us a very yeah. glowing review
0: Yeah. so we need more of those so if you are watching um, we are on an Apple Podcasts and um, leave a review yeah if you are listening on the podcast leave a review yeah. hopefully we'll do more of this so
1: yeah I think the benefit of this, of using um, of this medium, of using Streamyard in this case, is that we can quite easily add other guests as well. I guess.
0: Yeah. So if somebody does want to join and talk, talk about tech,
1: would... talk shit.
0: Yeah. What do you? What I don't know what you feel like going forward. I feel like we should talk about more tech stuff than just mo- moan about got to be next um (laughs) uh, (laughs) i don't know where you want to take this because it's it's good to catch up and find out what we're working on um but it's also nice just to kind of talk about what's new in our space as well um and -hmm. i would like someday when you know when we can get back to meeting people in person that you know we kind of i can't wait to get back to a meetum a meetup i didn't think i'd ever say that those words but it would be nice just to kind of go out at a meetup and meet other people in the local area of the devs and right hopefully through this we can kind of create some new relationships and uh you know people that are interested in kind of building in this, the tools that we are and um you know it'd just be kind of nice to meet up again
1: mm-hmm. so. yeah i feel like when uh when that when those meetups eventually happen like it's going to be uh, so busy <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like javascript yeah. north east off because front and office doesn't run anymore um JavaScript Northeast. It'd be like absolutely packed full of people.
0: Yeah. Probably. Everyone's for the free pizza and beer. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much. We'll do it again soon. And thank you very much for listening.
1: All right. Nice. Catch you later. See you, man.